0: Hi and welcome to the Big Man Beard podcast. Yay! Today we've got James Adams as our guest. Hi James.
1: Hey, how you doing?
0: So James, welcome to the Big Man Beard podcast. Uh, Oh, thanks
1: for having me on.
0: Yeah, it's a real pleasure. Uh, I guess introduce a little bit about you and and, and where where you're from.
1: Yeah, well, I'm as you said, I'm James. Um, I'm a marketing strategist. I've been working in uh, working in marketing for uh, a little over 20 years now, uh, which is, feels like quite a long time. But um, I, I kind of was going through the process last year, like a lot of people were. But I was running a running a medium sized small small medium sized agency, and we were all flying high, looking after a lot of destination places, stores restaurants hospitality that kind of thing basically everything that got shut down over the course of last year Uh, and although it seemed like everything was going great i realized when that happened and suddenly we lost a load of clients and everything didn't go so well that i wasn't really having a a great time so over the course of the last year a friend of mine we started up a brand new business as well uh, to focus on helping smaller businesses and, and really ultimately help people make the most of their working lives which is what we're we're all about is trying to help people have have a better relationship with their work especially through the through the lens of helping their marketing be better helping their their business work more efficiently and more effectively and that's kind of yeah that's that's kind of what we're all about
2: awesome
1: so what's the new business called a 33% And the name, yeah, the name comes from the idea that you spend, you basically spend a third of your life working. And I think a lot of people uh, neglect their own happiness in that 33% of their life. They just sort of plod along accepting that it is what it is. and, And I think it could be better.
2: That's so true. That's so true. Yeah, you just sort of turn up and hate it and just don't give any more thought to it except for every Monday you dread. And Every Friday you
0: celebrate, yeah,
1: and that's yeah, a massive proportion of your life is spent <laughs> miserable yeah it's not even and sometimes it's not even about being miserable I mean it's I've had I've certainly had those jobs where I felt absolutely miserable going into work on a monday morning but but I think there's also that thing of it just not being brilliant either, and I feel like that's what it I feel like it should be brilliant. It, you should really enjoy it, and I think that's when you stop and think about your job or your work or your business that you run if it doesn't make you excited if it doesn't fill you with enthusiasm it's you should think about it you should think is that is this the right thing for me to be doing could I be doing something different could I do something better because mediocrity is almost it's almost worse than feeling like you absolutely hate something because you just you don't tend to take action when you just don't you know you're just plodding
0: along
2: yeah don't settle for satisfactory <laughs> yeah
0: yeah <laughs> so lockdown obviously created a a, a, an issue for a lot of businesses whether it was financial whether it was gaining um, sales are there common marketing errors all businesses make that with a small adjustment can drive traffic and people to size
1: Yeah, there really are, and there's really, really straight. I think that's that's something that we've really focused on. We we call it ruthlessly efficient marketing. We're all about getting rid of the complexity of this process because I think the truth is that a lot of agencies and we, you know, back in my old life, we were probably guilty of this as well. Is making marketing seem complicated because that's how you justify your existence as an agency. Because if you could do it yourself, then everyone would do it, but. But in truth, it's not rocket science. It's, it's actually really, really straightforward. And if people followed some really simple steps, they can actually achieve a huge amount more in, in a really in a fraction of the time because business owners are smart. You know, you guys, you've set up a business, you're, you're all smart people, but sometimes they get in their head about marketing and think that it's, oh, this is really complicated. We can't do this. This is something we should outsource or it's something that um, it's just something that we can't really do ourselves. But, yeah, you know, but they absolutely can. They just have to follow the real simple steps. And the first thing that I think most people forget about is just who is your customer? Who is your ideal person that you want to talk to? Who is the person that is most likely to have a great relationship with you? And I think sometimes people skip that, and jump straight to here's my amazing product. Here's this fabulous thing I've got. Here's this thing that I you know I want to sell to you rather than stopping and listening to what people want.
0: Yeah, we were quite critical of ourselves. Um, well, I was. <laughs> uh, if we we tried an anti-bullying campaign. Uh, a friend of ours and a previous guest um, was uh, a victim of um, cyberbullying, and I fear that we went and just presumed everyone got the cause and went straight in with, uh, "Come and support us, donate your money." And I don't think there was a story there to be told or we didn't tell that story well enough, that to engage people, to make people understand why we're doing this and then what we believe the solution is. I think I heard another uh, marketing agency uh, mention on social media, the amount of people who have a lack of a story. And is that part of it, bringing people on a journey and connecting and telling that story and letting them know your product is part of that solution?
1: yeah i think uh, stories are really important I mean, they 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 kind of help you relate to the you know they help you relate to the product they help you relate to the brand i think they can be distracting as well i think some people get really focused on their on their story on this historical thing this thing that happened to them in the past or something like that and you get that a lot with coaches so they tell this 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 you know often amazing story but sometimes that gets people a bit stuck and you know, we, we sometimes joke about this when when I'm talking to people on, on podcasts like this and things like this, that. I, I didn't have that that moment. I didn't jump out of a building holding two groups of orphans under each arm or anything like that. Oh. I just, <laughs> it's, it's that. But no. I Amazing. But, you know, it's a story that a lot of people have, which is just kind of plodding on with life, not really thinking about it until, you, until something comes in your way and says, stop, think about what you're doing. And that kind of... It's why we're focused on helping small businesses now because we had that we went through that process, and I think that's what brands have to do. That you have to think about what is your story, but it but it all comes back to the customer at the end, like you said with your your anti-bullying campaign is, you have to think about who is the per, who is that for? Who is the person you're trying to talk to? Who's the person that that you want to relate to? And do they? And is that what they want to hear about? And that's that's again that's why we always we sort of preach this: think like a customer, think like your ideal customer, and if you can you can get into the head of who that person is like everything else becomes so easy because you, you know, you just think about them like they, your friend. So if you imagine, you know, you guys, you know each other so well, you don't really think about the stuff that you would share with each other. If you see an funny story online or something like that, you just, you know, you'd send it to Lucy and you'd share it immediately without really thinking about it. And you wouldn't, you wouldn't draft the copy for that text message. And then sort of double check it and then get it signed off or anything like that. You just write it and send it because you know she'd appreciate it and vice versa. I'm, I'm absolutely certain. And, but, but then people get in their head about their customers. And actually, if you have that sort of relationship with your ideal customer, everything's easy because you can write your social media content. You can, your copy on your website, everything speaks directly to them. And you can tell that story to them because you know they're interested in your story. Because you, because you have you, know, you have that relationship, that really, really close relationship with your customer.
2: Yeah, I love that.
0: Yeah, that makes so much sense. Mm. And I think one of the the, the fears when we first started and, and social media was I had this opinion that unless you've got all these influences involved, you won't connect. And actually, I think you're right. It's about building your own connection rather than somebody else's
2: yeah
1: yeah absolutely i mean it's it's totally overwhelming and you can see why people get overwhelmed by it because yeah you've got influencer marketing you've got all the different social media channels you could be looking at you could be looking at affiliates you could be looking at you know what's your seo doing what's happening on your website what's your email what's your funnel look like all these things and so you see why people get completely overwhelmed by the process and then but they're all focusing on tactics they're all focusing on you know, as you say, like, how do you get an influencer to form a relationship? And you know, and, that, and it can work, it's a great way of an influencer is a great way of connecting you to your ideal customer if you share some sort of link with that ideal customer. But we also find it, and you find it a lot with my marketing agency, where when you try and buy access to an audience, it's only actually a very small percentage of that audience that's ever going to turn into your customers. because they follow that influencer for a reason and you aren't that influencer. So it's far better to try and make your own connection. Yeah,
2: definitely. Authentic.
0: So I think there's a lot of pressure with social media and marketing and certainly as a a small business owner that you see those followers, you see the likes and and, and I've heard it called vanity stats or or whatever, but the pressure of actually putting something out and I found myself when we put a post is waiting and, and <laughs> all of a sudden you don't get any engagement and I'm feeling really low and oh what a failure and like the impact on you it's it's so real time and and, and up and down mm. there's a massive effect on kind of mental health and 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 we, when you're going to bed, whether you feel successful or not, whether Emily people liked your freaking Instagram yeah. post. Yeah. Oh,
1: it's terrifying. I mean, that is that is a – I literally did it this morning. I, I I caught myself doing it. I went on to LinkedIn, and I was having a little look through, and I just – you're just looking at every, what everyone else is doing. And no one's posting all the tough times they're having. Everyone's posting all the amazing things they're doing. And you start looking, and you start thinking, oh – why is everyone else so much more successful than me why is everything you know my post they got more likes on their post than I did on my last one and and you get that that feeling in it, but at the same time you get the endorphins when you post something and you get a load of shares and you get something like that and it's such a it's that you know like a dopamine rush isn't it when you get yeah. those, you get a good post that works really well but it's also really really negative as well it can be from a as a sort of for your for your business is when you're a business owner it's your thing so it's your baby so you write something and it and it doesn't work you do feel ugh, you know as you say you, you feel personally hurt but people do get so obsessed with those those vanity metrics those like mm. how many likes you've got it doesn't matter i was um i was looking at somebody the other day a really really successful coach who's got tens of millions of followers on facebook and they put up a post and it had like 20 likes and it just shows that there's not, that's not engagement. That doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how many people you've got. But if you're not connecting with your ideal customer, with your audience, it doesn't really matter what that number looks like. It's all that matters. It's the
0: engagement that you get. Absolutely. I think that's a good... I mean, what, what does engagement mean, though? What's the definition? How do you measure it? Well, I
1: guess it's... When you're looking at engagement from a statistical point of view, you're looking at people's like liking sharing those kind of things on your social media platforms but but it goes deeper than that really i think it's more about what the person does have they connected with you is it, for some of our retail clients and people like that they don't you don't necessarily like or share a post but actually what they might do is they might get up off the seat or back in the olden days they would have done this now they can't do it at the moment but they might get out and go to a shop or go and take up an offer or go and go dine in a restaurant or something like that it doesn't necessarily show us a statistical engagement but you know you're engaging with your customer because you're saying the right thing and you know that they're you know that the other things are working and i think you have to look holistically at these things and not just focus on what do your stats say you gotta look at like is your business up, up have you got more people coming to your store have you got more bookings if you have and your engagement isn't that high you could still be doing the right thing just just your stats don't necessarily show that
2: yeah
0: so for us like the engagement part is really powerful because the purpose and one of the reasons why we started Big Man Bid was can you create a brand so powerful it can change someone's emotion to take someone from a dark place to one less dark and that's our journey of what we're trying to achieve through either our brand our messages or a simple act of putting on an item of clothing can make people feel like they belong and it's measuring that engagement we've learned so much because initially it was all about likes and <laughs> how many followers we got mm. and we thought the biggest impact we'd, we'd make would be in the financial side so donations from our products um, to charities but actually what we started to do is as we started to engage with our, uh, as you say, uh, uh, customers and target audience, we started to exchange messages, more often than not on a personal level. Mm. So people would te- send us texts or, 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 or emails or, or, or Facebook messages and tell us their story. And while they weren't willing to share it on the site, they wanted us to know. And that was a real powerful, like, first of all, why is someone telling me this? And then, as you start it, well, maybe our messaging's right and people feel comfortable that they can say it. And it's actually validation of our original objective, which was to change emotion. Yeah, that was the point for people to
2: share their stories with us, wasn't
0: it? Yeah. So, in terms of measuring success, we, we've moved from the likes and, and, and that, and while you still fall into pits of that, to actually have we actually done what we originally set out and looking back at your original goal i just wonder how many people actually take that step back and look at their goal or can you get carried away in the vanity side
1: yeah i mean i think that's i think everyone does that i think that that's the thing with that's why it's so important to have a strategy in place and and you know something that i read when right before we started up 33% for the first time Somebody, I saw an article from someone saying, you know, marketing strategy is for big brands. Small businesses shouldn't shouldn't bother with any of that stuff. They need to get on with doing their, you know, just running their businesses. And I was like, that is absolute bonkers. That's just just totally wrong. Because when you've got a strategy like you guys, like you just described hey, that's that's a strategy. A strategy doesn't have to be a, you know, 50-page document with an executive summary and all manner of other shenanigans in it. it. It's just where you're trying to get to. And when you know that, you can you can catch yourself. you start looking at the likes and shares, you can look at that and go, this doesn't matter because I've got all these emails from people reaching out directly and there's people, you know, people are wearing the product, people are buying into what, they're listening to the podcast, they're, they're having these conversations and that's, the connection is the objective and I think that's when you can catch yourself but if, as any sort of business, you have to go back to that. What was that strategy? What's that goal? What are we trying to achieve? Because, yeah, you know, those vanity metrics are just—they're just a—a just a vehicle to get there. They're just a tactic.
0: And I wonder whether that—that that kind of same advice as you're giving—is good life advice. Certainly for a younger generation. Because when I grew up, there weren't Instagram, and <laughs> I do even now people don't want to see a picture of me and like it. <laughs> <laughs> but but for the the grown up, and are they making the same mistakes? i wonder if the children. Are looking and judging their success and failure by how many friends how many followers how many filters they've got on photos and and into a world i must confess i don't really understand
2: Mm. i think completely they are i think it's just a complete toxic relationship really
0: isn't it but are all the schools and is society teaching people just as james says about understanding that it's about engagement rather than the vanity metrics. And are they engaging with their friends and are they having those uh, uh, real conversations and are they doing what a lot of small businesses and and maybe large businesses are doing and just focusing on the vanity number of likes and number of uh, followers and wondering why they're failing?
2: Well, I
0: think
1: if you're a 14-year-old girl, probably, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't even... Profess to uh, put myself into the mind of a 14 year old girl at some point in the, and sadly in the not too distant future, I will have a 14 year old girl. Luckily I've still got uh, five or six years to go, but they, you know, that is horrible. I'm ter- terrified of that whole situation of what they will have to deal with. And I think that's something that schools, every well, everybody that talks about relationship with technology, relationship with screens, they try and limit screen time and all this kind of stuff. And it's just, it feels to me like it's the wrong Way to go about it. Actually, you need to be saying, you accept that they're going to have that relationship. Accept that they're going to communicate via text message rather than talking to people because that's just the way that they're going to end up being. And any you know any younger person that comes, you know, that, that I've worked with, they're just not used to talking on the phone. They're used to sending a text message because that makes more sense to them. But, um, but I think what the schools need to teach is how do you have that healthy relationship with technology? How do you have that healthy relationship with? instagram with whatever it is because it's no good just being totally focused on um just being totally focused on those numbers or what your you know or or your selfie or your what your face looks like on some filter or whatever because it's just the wrong it's totally the wrong way of relating to people and i think for brands it's the same
0: and in the whole resilient side of it Apologies as the uh, red arrows, fly, <laughs> the over red the arrows fly. They do regular, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, they I think I think it's I've been in the garden waving the fist too many times and now <laughs> I, I reckon they've hacked into my Google calendar and now know when I'm on on stuff and coming out and go, We'll show we? him.
1: <laughs> they're doing loop the loops, or they're doing like do they have to, do they always have the little trail of colours coming from behind them no. or is that just on special occasions?
0: Occasionally they just go out almost like three pals there's sometimes more and they just do different shapes and i mean it's beautiful to watch
2: drawing something yeah usually a little heart or something don't you nice nice.
0: and it's beautiful just except if you're on conference calls yeah it sounds like you're in a motorway service station or something (laughs) no honestly good promotion i'm at home i'm at home i'm not i'm not (laughs) <laughs> Gonna try
1: and find a way of slipping them a few pounds and getting them to do a nice big man beard uh, in the <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe in the sky. That would be good.
0: Well, the true, you get more. Is it more flies with honey than you do with vinegar, isn't it? So <laughs> yeah. Maybe waving my fist, I need to be putting up our love you sign, and uh...
1: yeah, <laughs> maybe that's it. Maybe.
0: So moving back to kind of thirty three percent and work life balance. What, what, what have you learned about that and, and what advice would you give?
1: Well, I think the challenge for me was always, you know, when I started up a business back in, you know, 10 years ago, really, 2009 it was. And I started up my business because I'd lost the job. My, the agency I was working for went out of business. A couple of clients came to me and said, do you want to just work for us directly? I said, yeah, sure. So I started a business. And that's not really a strategy that's just plodding along and going with the flow and i got busier and i did more work and i had more and more to do and then i had more clients and i didn't take on any people because i was just plodding along really and and i noticed that i was having a very very bad work-life balance i was working till you know goodness only knows what time at night um and it was was very, very, very difficult. And then I decided, okay, well, I'm gonna scale this and grow into a proper agency. And then it creates a, a new run of problems. And again, more bad work-life balance. And, but it was just sort of, I just kind of accepted it because I came up, you know, 20 years ago when to succeed, the answer was to work every hour, God sends. And you certainly didn't worry about nine to five. You just worked and worked and worked and worked and that's how you were successful and I don't think that's the case anymore and I think there was a big part of me when I started started out and started employing other people that was like oh how come these people aren't working aren't staying late aren't doing all this extra work and all this other stuff because that's what that's what it had been like for me and it was only really when you stop and think about it that you realize actually that wasn't right that wasn't a good way of working I don't know why I'm why I've got in my head this idea that that was a sensible way to behave, and therefore other people should behave like that. They shouldn't. It's not the right way of going about things. And so, when when we kind of stopped, when planning still going with my other agency, but when we started Day Three Percent, it was absolutely about having that work life balance. Now that we're all, you know, people say we're working from home. I feel like I live at work now. But we're you have to you have to have those boundaries. You've got to put that in place because otherwise your work will just last for as long as you know as forever because you've got your laptop just sitting there your office is just in another room which is so easy just to stroll back into and check your emails or you know whatever else
0: do, do you set up separate parts of the house so uh, we've, we've got this little out building where where i work from during the day and i make sure that i containerize the work and and and, and personal and private life so I physically walk up to the building every day and start work as if it is a, a, a separate entity because I did work in from the house and in different rooms mm. and it just didn't work. It just The day became a 24-hour work day because I, I, I couldn't get the separation.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I think that's so important to have that process of, you know, I see people sometimes that are working on the kitchen table. You, you know, you see people on, zoom calls no one's allowed to have a just a phone call anymore everyone has to be on zoom so you see where everyone is but you see people sitting in their you know at their tables dressed casually and i and i started to fall into it i realized i'm i was going to client meetings wearing a hoodie and a t-shirt i'm like i would never i would have never done that i would have gone to a client meeting in a shirt and a you know sometimes even a tie but you just you start you start falling into the pattern of of casualness and i think having that separation is so important. You, you, you know, I've always got up, I've always, you know, had a shower, got dressed as if I was going to work and then I come into, I, I do, you know, not, not everyone is lucky enough to have a, you know, an outbuilding or a separate room that they can make their office. And I, you know, we do have that here. So I'm able to have my own office and I'm out of the way and the door's shut and I'm getting all work. And when I'm in here, I'm working and, you know, and now we've got the kids at home as well. My wife's at home working as well. So we have a, a, a delicate balance of how we juggle all those different things but we have a rule and the kids respect that rule that when the door is shut that means that we're working and it means we have to we have to be focused for that period of time and then when the doors are open we can get involved in you know what the you know seven times table is or whatever else but i think if you don't have that that separation it's very 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 hard and it, it you know it's easy to say but it's much much harder to actually keep doing it
0: do you think this will be the new norm? Because you mentioned there, there's a number of barriers have been broken down or relaxed, like the casualness of of, of the time of day when things are happening, from what people are wearing on calls to almost daily habits of when people get showered, changed, yeah. etc. Some of those things, I think, are good to break down. But others, I think... I'm worried the new normal's not somewhere I want to live. Yeah.
1: Yeah, the truth is I don't I don't want to work from home all the time. Like I miss people. I like seeing people. I like being in a room with people. A lot of what I do is about connecting with people and helping them in person. And we can do some great stuff online. And we've got, you know, we, we did, we've, we've set up courses and we've done workshops and, you know, over Zoom and different ways like that. But being in a room is just, it, it's just better. But I do think that... The idea of spending 10 grand a month on rent for an office for a load of people to sit in where they all sit separately doing their own separate work is kind of pointless as well so there's a that bit i don't i don't miss that either (laughs) you know i certainly don't miss the rent but i don't miss the kind of the process of of that kind of yeah i think that's a bit of the a bit of the thing that has changed that probably is positive but I think the idea of still needing people to get together for a creative space I think it's very hard to be creative on your own I think you know I don't I don't want to not have meetings with other human beings
0: yeah I think that's the one thing I've I've missed is is when you're trying to put a, a form of strategy or an approach or something where you're trying to come up with either new marketing material where normally we'd call a meeting and there'd be a number of people around a table and you'd chat, you'd whiteboard something up, you would talk, you'd interact. It seems much easier. When we tried to do that with Teams and Zoom, it just seems a little sterile and clinical and everyone kind of trying to be polite, waiting for their turn to speak. Mm. And it wasn't the interaction and there was no buzz or DNA there. It's very hard to bounce
2: off one another, isn't it? Like that.
1: Yeah, totally. And, uh, you know, every, uh, I think every sort of idea session I've ever been in, the best ideas come at the end when things are getting a bit silly. And everyone, you know, and everyone's getting a bit fatigued, but they're also just coming up with more off the wall ideas and stuff And that. And I feel like on a on a Zoom call or a Teams or whatever it is, it's very functional. You start off and you start talking about the subject. There's not a lot of, hey, how you doing? What's going on? General chit chat that you would get in that little bit of time at the start of the meeting when everyone gets into a room together and you don't get that bit at the end where because everyone's fed up you know, looking at a screen all day and now all your communication is done in the same way it's just, it's just not the same it's just not a creative experience I don't think
0: no, I absolutely agree we have listened to a couple of your episodes of your podcast and I find it really really informative where would people find it?
1: Um, you can, yeah, you can find it on uh, 33percent.co.uk. That's all—all all the letters, none of the numbers. Um, and yeah, the, yeah, the podcast is on there. We're just kind of getting started, really. We've been—we've done a few episodes of it. We're just trying to chart our journey. Again, it's kind of that message of if I knew then what I know now. You know, I started a business by accident—a sort of accidental entrepreneur—and I wanted to know what would happen if you know I started it with a friend values first we focused on what we both wanted what our visions were independently so that we knew that we would work together successfully and that was something when we when we started out it was a really important part of the process because I didn't want to go into business with a friend and then find you know a year or so down the line it all falls to pieces so it was about knowing what we both wanted from a business knowing what our both our values were so that I mean it's still who knows what happens down the road but you limit the chances of it going wrong because a lot of time I think people go into business together because they're mates or because they know each other but because they've both got an idea or the thing they want to do but if you don't think about where it's trying to get to that's when they end up diverging and so we're just kind of the idea is we're trying to chart that process to share that that with people but also we're trying to share some of our marketing tips, some of the simplicity and how you can keep your keep the process simple and straightforward and try and help some people as well along the way.
0: I think that's what we found the, the beauty of it. I mean, I love the success and failure episode. I believe it was episode two. Oh, yeah. And, and just the honesty of it. There's no... Um, I'll say it, no bullshit in there. No, <laughs> it, it, it's just, this is who we are. This is the journey we've gone on. And here are some tips that are going to help you. I love the success of, uh, and failure ones. I love to talk about the confidence in self and how initially where you didn't have a plan and, and, and working through that. I think there's. It's very real.
1: It'll
2: be yeah. To, you know, everyone in some way, shape or form,
0: I think. Yeah. Thank
1: you. Yeah. I I think that's something that you see a lot, especially in marketing and sales and places like that. There's this sort of veneer, that's up and everyone wants to talk about how successful they are all the time. And sometimes maybe we should, you know, should be a little bit less honest maybe, but I, I do feel like that authenticity is such an overused word, but it is so important. I think being honest and, and transparent and, and relating to people because you can't form a relationship with a, with a, I say customer, but it's, you know, customer is your audience. It's your tribe. It's whatever you want to call it, but it's, you can't form that relationship. If there's some sort of, Pretense or fakeness in the middle—I don't think.
0: And plus, I can i don't want to follow someone who's only ever made successful decisions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, who are these people? <laughs> yeah, I uh, hate them. <laughs> hate these people. They shouldn't be doing. They should be rolling dice in Vegas if they, all they do is roll success every. Yeah, every just minute. winners every single time. Yeah, yeah. I, I I want to relate to someone who's failed, who's found it hard, who's overcome that, who's got knocked back, who's stood back up. They're the people I'm going to get more inspiration from, and they're the people, from a business point of view, I want to surround myself with, because my world isn't going to be perfect and rolling the dice. I want people around us who, 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 who understand that and who can help us get over those kind of challenges. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think I, yeah I couldn't agree more. I think that's the reason why I kind of reached out to you guys to, to have a chat because I love that message of of, of business and mental health and. The two things don't have to sit separate from each other. It's okay to want to make some money. That's all right. Sometimes I think people think that that's a bit of a, oh, no, we need to you know dance around that a little bit, especially when we're, you know, we're talking about values and we're talking about things like that. It's okay to want to be successful. But I think that it's really important to think about, you know, to think about your mental health in that process. You, you, you don't realize when you start up a business, you think you've got a great idea, but you don't always realize how lonely it is if you do it on your own. And it doesn't matter if you've got a family doesn't matter if you've got other people around you if you're the only person at the top there it can be a pretty lonely experience and i think if you're not mentally prepared for that and i i would say i certainly wasn't when i first started out it can be quite tough and i think that's a that message that you're you know you're sharing i think is incredibly important thank you
2: and you too that you know to start a new business as you've done um taking what you've learned and the contributing factors within that is looking at your values and looking after, you know, yourself and your own mental health and that, and getting that balance. I think that's really inspiring.
0: And I think those those that are struggling and going through this and starting a new business, certainly in this period of time, need to reach out and need to share and need to realize they don't need to bottle it all up. They need to take some time, some self-love and, uh, and reach out to people like James and thirty three percent, and 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 say, can I help? Can you help me? Mm.
1: And I think that's where there's like there's so many great communities online and places like that that are really positive, that are sharing, where people are supporting each other. And I think that's something that's, you know, whether it's with us or whether it's anywhere else, it's just uh, I would encourage anyone, especially if started a job, started a new business in during this furlough period or in lockdown or anything like that, try and make those connections, try and talk to other people, because being being part of a community is such a, such an important part of keeping yourself focused but also helps you keeps you honest as well stops you you know stops you sort of giving excuses for not achieving what you wanted to achieve because i think that's an easy thing to do as well to go oh it's super busy or the kids are at home or i didn't get that done or whatever else and, and you can easily make excuses and you do also as well as having someone to hold your hand it's nice to have someone to give you a little kick at the bottom every once in a while and say come on Absolutely. chop chop let's get this done
2: mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think that's
1: you and me in a nutshell. There. Yeah. <laughs> Is that your? Uh, that's your I division of labour there.
2: Excuses. I love a good excuse. <laughs> I can make anything stretch out for a week and a half. <laughs>
1: well, I think that's the best. That's the, when a partnership works really well, isn't it? Is when you've got two people that are very, that are quite different, and you know, and, and play off each other, and, and you can yeah you need that's when I think that's the big difference for me is is going to business with somebody else is having that person that holds you to account that person that doesn't let you you know I'm a I'm a bit like you there I will tend to let things drag on a little bit longer I'll think about things a bit too much and whereas Gary my business partner is very like this is what we said we're going to do let's go and do it if it's wrong doesn't matter we'll get it wrong and we'll do it again later but we just you know keep keep things moving and he's you know the ruthlessly efficient part of the process is very much uh, comes from his focus and drive, whereas mine's a bit more uh, flowery, shall we say. <laughs> yeah, it's like
0: looking in a mirror. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're more creative and I'm more, well, we need a plan, I need to write it down. What time are you starting that? When are you finishing? Well, yeah, that what, sounds very familiar. What What makes it successful? Let's write it down.
2: <laughs> you're like, Let me Everything just has to be done yeah. yesterday, where I'm like, I've got till like 2025. <laughs>
1: I do. The problem is, I think everything can be done very quickly, so I have a tendency to think, "Yeah, I'll get that done. That'll be fine. I'll get that done in ten minutes."
2: But don't you find also it's amazing what you can achieve in half an hour? If I've you know if I've got all week to do something, it will take me a week. If I've got half an hour, I'll bash that out and more. I don't know. I'm just sort of a real. You, but you live on the lastminute.com. <laughs>
0: yeah, but then that's where I. Like. You'll work out Pressure. what time Tr- the train yes. is. We, we only live like uh, five minutes walk from a train. Like and you'll you leave 30 seconds. You'll work out how long it takes you to walk and you'll give yourself 30 seconds. Where I'm there like three hours before at the train station <laughs> waiting. No. And you're to the last minute. I can't do uh, that.
2: We'll wait, yeah. yeah.
0: So I'll just door to door, walk straight onto the train. Be having some sort of uh, anxiety. I I can't cope with that. I'm there. I'm waiting. See you later, Luce. I'm off.
2: I'll meet you there. Up and down the train station, being all grumpy because you're
0: waiting for the train. I don't like have around. It's my space right, it? it's where I feel the best. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it's true though, isn't it? Some people, some people want to want to get there and be and wait, and that's true of. It's true of a business, it's true of marketing, it's true of everything. You want to get it done and know it's done. Whereas I, I'm like you, Lucy, I, I, I actually really struggle when I've got a list of things to do and kind of a week or so to get them done. I really, really struggle with that process. And that's where, you know, I, I've worked really hard to get better at my planning so that I can parcel out that time and set myself mini deadlines because actually I work way better to a deadline. I'll definitely get it done. Like you said, half an hour, i'll get it done because it has to be done but if i could get it done at some point this week i'll probably leave it till later because it's easy to do that uh you know so it's it's again it's about knowing yourself well enough to know the traps that you're likely to send yourself into and then trick yourself by setting those mini deadlines those little things that you know you've got to hit because you know that if you don't you're going to end up giving yourself you know Another late night where you do stuff late at night because you just prevaricated all day.
0: So that's where all my little printouts of all the things we've got to do this week that I put around the house come into play. <laughs> yeah, I think you print out so I open the cupboard doors,
2: there to surprise me.
0: <laughs> that sounds terrifying. This week <laughs> inside <laughs> where the cupboard door. Yeah, I do do that.
1: Because you get a snack and you find yourself a to do list. That sounds yeah. rages.
0: Yeah, I know. Part it's mainly done in jest, but oh, I, I do yeah, find, I do find it. I do find it funny. Yeah,
2: <laughs> all the places you know, I'll go and hide.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, no escape.
0: You need to stick them around. <laughs> <laughs> I live the dream.
1: That's it. That's what it's all about.
0: So, what are your plans this week? What have you got coming up?
1: Well, it's uh, one of those weeks. This week, we've got a bit of a half-term week. This week, so we'd, we're uh, juggling juggling kids juggling work but we're we're launching this new course which is quite exciting so we've just done this um think like your customer ebook which we've just produced which is free so again you know if if, if the stuff we've been talking about today is is of interest to people then then you know perhaps they'd like to the, your audience would like to download that it might be interesting to them and we've just we've produced a course on the back of that as well uh, so we're launching that too so it's quite exciting we're, we're really excited about getting out to see more people and to you know to sort of help more people really which is something that it's great doing the consulting stuff that we do but you're limited to how many people you can potentially talk to at once whereas i think something like something like this and again you know talking on on podcasts like yours gives us the opportunity to talk to a few more people and to help more people which is just that again was that's why we set 83 up in the first place really which is to try and get to more people and help more people as you know as we go along wow yeah
2: that sounds brilliant i'll
0: check that out yeah and we can all find that on the website 33percent.co.uk? Yeah, that's right. If
1: you put slash customer at the end, you'll go straight to the um, straight to the thing like your customer ebook
0: page. Oh, brilliant. brilliant! We'll check that out. Awesome. And personally, any exciting plans for the weekend in lockdown? Have you done anything do- odd or bizarre during lockdown? just not like it's just this
1: one day after the next isn't it of mostly the same things we keep trying to think about what else we could do but i don't think we've done a single bizarre thing we play a lot we just we walk around the local area um we play a lot of pokemon go uh, and that's kind of what we do, and just try and try to find entertaining things. It's my little daughter's, my youngest daughter's birthday next week, so there's a lot of preparation for that, which is, uh, which is quite exciting. So that's that's what we've got coming up. How about you guys? have you? I'm hoping you're going to give me some sort of really exciting uh, bizarre activity that I could try.
0: Uh, uh, <laughs> well, Jake, the youngest. Um... Had turned the living room into a ninja training center this morning. Nice. So he was moaning with his pull cue in his hand that mummy wasn't listening and she was going to be expelled from his ninja training course. Right, to
1: Discipline is very important in a ninja training. <laughs>
2: yeah, he just constantly invents games that I have to play. I'm just I'm so mean I just really can't be bothered with it I just, they are just so boring and I can't it changes the rules all the time it's just not for me um,
1: yeah I mean that is the point kids cheat don't they they are terrible at yeah. stuff like that they just change their the rules change you try and get involved but proper yeah, they're, they're tri-
2: game I'd understand, but they're just all made up in his head, and I don't know what's going on. The other one was jumping over cushions the other day, but I wasn't doing it right. didn't matter how many times I jumped over these cushions, it was wrong. And In the end, we end up arguing, falling out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: but, but they haven't Sounds very about, familiar. I mean, we haven't done anything bizarre, bizarre yeah, exciting, but sure. you see these people, on the pot put home cinemas in the garden with sheets, and they've all had, you know... Fire pit out and this kind of amazing, idyllic family time. Where we're probably more look at the uh, wine rack and go, fancy a bottle? Yeah.
1: <laughs> I think those people haven't got jobs to do. I think they, aren't, they either haven't got work or they aren't homeschooling their children. But I don't know where. Yeah, all these people that talk about how there's not a single snag left in their house. There's no everything, <laughs> every to do list they had done. They finished watching everything on Netflix. They just, they've had. That. I don't remember where that, none of that time appears to have appeared to me.
0: No, we're we we're. we're same. in fact, the list has got much bigger and now. There's more of us in the house doing stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah. making a mess. Just
2: barely keep the living room tidy. tidy,
0: tidy. Yeah. it's not even
2: big. It's tiny. <laughs> no, that's of a stress for me.
1: Yeah, it. that's
0: it. <laughs> Amazing. Well, it's absolutely brilliant speaking to you today, James. Yes, thank you so much.
1: No, thank you for having me on. It's been yeah, it's been a really fun conversation.
0: And if everyone wants to check them out, 33%.co.uk. Uh, great podcast, some good marketing materials on there. And as we just learned, a fabulous. free ebook. Everyone loves something free. No,
1: absolutely, absolutely. Brilliant. Thank you very much. <laughs>